everyone, and welcome to our podcast today. I am Luna. Hi everyone, I'm George. Today we also invite a guest. She's Dr. Zanami. Hello, everyone. In our first quarter, we read the book on reading well, written by Karen Swallow Prayer. In this book, we discovered some virtues. We had lots of discussions and made some connections between the virtues and our life in the past few weeks. This podcast will demonstrate two different virtues, and in the podcast, we will keep exploring the connections between the virtues and life. The essential question that we will talk about mainly is, which virtue is most essential for attaining a good life? The first virtue we're going to talk about is humility. Firstly, I want to ask you guys, what do you think is the virtue of humility? Well, when I think of humility, I think it should be polite and don't be proud when you already know something. For example, in the classes, when the teacher teaches something that you know. You should still show appreciation for the teacher and the class. Without humility, without an understanding of our proper place within the order of creation, we cannot cultivate the other virtues. Humility is the base of all virtues.、Hmm, humility is a tough one. I think American culture prides itself on individualism, which means sometimes pride is an issue. However, in the words of a famous Orange County pastor, Rick Warren of Saddleback Church, he said, "It's not all about me." I think we can learn much from other cultures about the lesson of humility. Yeah, I agree with that. It's true. After I read this chapter, I wrote down the main goal of humility. True humility requires not only an understanding of oneself. But also an understanding of object, reality outside of our oneself. True humility requires not only an understanding of oneself, but also an understanding of object, reality outside of oneself. By gaining humility, knowing who we are, isn't only about degradation and lack. It is about the exhaustion offered in the freedom. Of knowing who we are, and who we were created to be. That's really interesting, George. In my mind, humility is really the highest value that allows selflessness and dignity to create a better world. I think a humble person listens to and accepts the opinions of others, and humility means really maintaining inner stability and strength. Without the need to control others outwardly, a humble person. Yeah, the characteristics of a humble person are the poor in spirit, the meek, the mournful, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemaker, the one who hungers and thirsts for righteousness. Actually, when I read this chapter, and I'm attracted by the word humble, so I did a little bit of research. The word humble today means that. Christ、uh, degraded himself, stooped low, and gave up his rightful and lawful palace in heaven in order to share our humanity with us. 
both the literal and the accumulated, meaning a humiliation capture Christ action, Christ's own humiliation in the evidence moral of philosophers have to explain why the virtue of humility is central to the good life. Oh, I've read that chapter too. I wrote down a definition related to the humbleness that freedom from pride or arrogance is the quality or state of being humble. Well, this honor is when we humbly accept. On page 231, I also notice a quote, Humility is thinking less about yourself, not thinking less of yourself. In my opinion, I think this means when you are in a relationship, you can be humble, but not think you are not good enough. What do you think of this quote, Dr. Zamni? Yes, that's a tough one. How can we balance humility without moving into a lack of self-worth? What do you guys think about this and how humility relates to us? Hmm, I think to be a human, we cannot be proud. People always struggle with pride, but a few people have too little of it, and most people, too much of it. Pride has traditionally been associated with bluntness. Yes, I agree with George's opinion. To be excessively proud, it will bring the disadvantage to you. For instance, you cannot see yourself clearly because you will think you are the best one and no one can beat you. Also, pride is always a wrong way to know yourself and human nature is about the perfection of self-knowledge. Mm-hmm. I really like what Luna just said about pride being a wrong way to know yourself. That's a really interesting thought and it's right. Pride may be simple and it may be human, but it's definitely a devastating vice. I guess I have another question. What changes in the response or reaction you have when speaking to people who maybe don't share the same beliefs as you? Well, I think when we can assume that our audience holds the same beliefs we do, we can relax and use more normal we can relax and use more normal means to of talking when we have to assume that our audience does not hold the same beliefs then we may be less patient less understanding and uh, not participate in the conversation as much oh yeah i remember teaching speech class and helping students understand that we need to differentiate our approach based on the type of audience that we're speaking to. For example, if you as a Christian are speaking about, let's say, abortion to a group of Catholic nuns, well, your audience is sympathetic. You all agree, more or less, that abortion is wrong. However, if you're speaking to a group from, let's say, National Organization of Women or Planned Parenthood, you're going to encounter a hostile audience So you'll have to work harder than usual to develop that trust and really challenge the audience to show how they may be wrong. And FYI, humor is great in that situation. I have a question. How does humility relate between God and us? 
Well, I think seeing who we really are, which requires seeing ourselves in relation to God, is true humility. Yeah, I agree. The virtue of humility, most simply defined, is really an accurate assessment of oneself. And I think it's impossible to assess oneself rightly apart from God. Well, humility is really necessary in our life, and it is the base of all virtues. When we learn how to be humble, I think we can get a progressive in life. Next, we will explore another virtue called diligence. Before reading the book, I think diligence is that you should always work hard and practice, and after that, you can get good results. People should also pay attention to their things. After reading this chapter, the author gives us an interesting definition of diligence. Diligence is the most humble, perhaps even the most boring of virtues. What do you think of this quote, George? Well, I think the reason that diligence is the most boring virtue is because we we should practice or study. Well,、uh, just like what you said, we also should learn how to build a good relationship with others. That requires practicing how to do that. Okay, I definitely agree with you. Because when I was little, my mom wanted me to play the piano well, so she let me practice a lot. She saw when I practice more, and I could receive good feedback. I agree with her when I was little, but when I grew up, I think the truth is not just practicing, because when you do something excessively, you will lose original interests. Just like the author mentioned on page one hundred seventy-nine, diligence must also, like other virtues, represent a mean between an extreme of excess and an extreme of deficiency. That means we should find a balance between everything, and practice excessively. It will bring a negative thought for you, and practice less shows you don't work hard. You're right. We cannot do anything excessively or too little. Finding a balance between everything is a key thing that we should know and learn in our life. Well. While I'm reading this, on page one hundred seventy-nine, the author writes another key word: slot. What do you think of this word? Because it is a kind of opposite with diligence. What views does the author reflect on this point? Okay, firstly, the author writes, "Slows is commonly thought of as laziness." But it's much more than that. When I saw this word, I also thought it is a word to describe someone who is lazy. But when I keep reading, I find that the truth isn't that you don't want to do something sometimes based on your actions, but it is really in your mind. Slows could prevent people from being better. We can say diligence is a pushing factor, and slows could be a pull factor. When these two factors are meeting, slowness is greater than diligence. Definitely, the result could be that you don't work well. That is true. You're right. 
Diligence helps people be better, but sloths could influence diligence. To prevent this, we should understand the harms of sloth and find the balance between these things when you want to practice. Well, I think you both define this virtue as good. So I have a question for you guys. In our life, how can we cultivate this virtue? And what kinds of benefits will this virtue bring to, to us? Well, in my opinion, I think cultivating diligence is easy. Like, we should set a goal for everything, like your life, study, relationships, that you want to come true. Everything needs a goal, and then we can achieve that. We should find the things that we really want to do and pay attention to work on that. The benefits could be when we truly understand diligence, we can do everything easier and faster. I agree with you. Please follow the rules. Don't practice excessively and don't be slow. To cultivate diligence is easy. I also found an article called Four Ways Diligence Can Make Your Work Easier and More Rewarding. Diligence can help us increase our creativity and productivity. To work diligently with some projects, it can help us combine something that looks unrelated together and we can work and solve them wholly. I get it. The first important point of working diligently can help us look up more information and connect them together. It sounds like working diligently could improve our working professions. Yes, that's correct. Secondly, diligent work can expand our point of views. When we work diligently, it means we will accept different points of views. And when we do the group project, people may have different opinions. And sometimes we should listen to them. And maybe we can find new ideas from their opinions. So truly diligence will help us get new ways of thinking and possibilities to work. Certainly working diligently can help us develop responsibility because the author says being diligent means that you are working, not trying to pass responsibility onto someone else. Good point. Well, we should keep learning in those useful ways with diligence. So the last point is diligence can help people build a good relationship with others. To think about one thing, if you work on one thing that you really want to do well, that means you pay attention to your own work and you also show your appreciation with others. Although they are your friends, teachers or leaders, these articles give us lots of ways about if we work diligently and how they give it back. I really like hearing your points, Luna and George. I guess I have some follow-up questions for you guys. Combine these two virtues that you talked about. Are all virtues necessary to lead you to a good life, or can specific ones lead you there, and why? Well, I think to have a good life, all virtues are necessary. Just, just like the virtue that I would choose, the humility. 
And this virtue is the basic one for being a good person. Other virtues like diligence, patience, are all needed to develop and achieve a good life. Everyone has their own definition of a good life. I think a good life is when I accomplish my goals and I live happily. That is the meaning of a good life. Okay, I think the good life is the life that I really want to have. As for me, I want to study well and apply to a good university now. And maybe in the future, I want to find a good job. And also in my free time, I can do something that I want. That is a good life for me. During my long journey of life, there must be lots of things that I need to learn. The most important things must be virtues. So I really agree with George that all virtues are necessary for achieving a good life. What do you think of the connection between virtues and a good life, Doctor Zomni? Hmm. Well, I can't really imagine living a life without virtue. I suppose we're seeing some hint of what that might look like with the current situation in the Middle East and the war between Ukraine and Russia, when there are no virtues. There's many countries currently experiencing a lack of virtue, including America. And I think to achieve a better life for our nation and the world, I think virtue is absolutely necessary for a good life. Okay, thanks for joining and sharing your views for our podcast. And thank you so much, Doctor Zhangmi. Don't forget the most important thing to remember is to flourish a good life. All of the virtues are necessary. This episode has been a production of the Capistrano Valley Christian Schools Podcast Network. Capistrano Valley Christian Schools is a Christian JK through 12 school in San Juan Capistrano, California. Be sure to check out, subscribe to, and leave a review of this show and the other shows on our network on your podcast player of choice. Doing so supports the school community in a multitude of ways. For more information about the CVCS Podcast Network or any of our other shows, check out cvcs.org or email. Podcasts at cbcs.org. On behalf of the whole network, this is Mr. Jasper saying thank you again for listening, and stay tuned for more.